thank you for tuning in to the podcast, Born to Live Well. I'm Rebecca Beninati, and I am happy to be sitting here today with my newish friend, Lynette <laughs> Weaver. Welcome, Lynette. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here, too. Thank you. So I have had um, many different guests on so far. You are, I think, my seventh guest, so I'm, I'm starting to get my my bearings with this whole podcasting thing, but you are the very first pregnant guest that oh, I've had on. So thank you surprising. for being here. <laughs> it is, being that I'm a birth doula and very much in the birthing world and mommy world, but yeah, you are my first uh, pregnant guest. Oh, well, hopefully I represent all pregnant women well. <laughs> I think you will. You already do. Um, Lynette and I met as doulas and as uh, childbirth educators at Binny Birth with our mentor, Anna Paula, who was yep. on the previous podcast. Um, we taught, I actually just really sat in and watched you teach. I didn't do very much, but I was there to sort of train and listen to um, a full training of childbirth education and how you train couples, um, prepare couples for their upcoming birth. Mm -hmm. and that was where I first met you. And um, I'm sure many people listening have had their childbirth education class with you. <laughs> so if you're listening and you were with Lynette in class at Binny Birth, how fun for you that you get to hear a little bit about her own journey of her own pregnancy. So uh, let's start by just telling us where are you from? Mm -hmm. So I am originally from Bakersfield, which is not that far from LA. And then I've been in LA for about 11 years. Okay. Actually 11 years yesterday. My goodness, okay. This is another reason that I don't plan things because I think we miss things in synchronous, we miss synchronistic moments in life when we plan things. And almost every podcast, if you've been listening straight through to all of them, there has been one moment that's been like, my daughter turns four tomorrow, or it was the anniversary of this yesterday. <laughs> and how funny, you've been in LA 11 years 11 yesterday. Years. Yes, actually, I just lied. I came about a month sooner, but what happened yesterday was my niece turned 11, and that was the very first birth I attended. Oh, oh. So I was here for about a month. I just got that confused in my mind, but okay. I was here about a month, and then September 5th is when my niece was born. And you were there. Mm -hmm. And is that what prompted you to be a doula? Yeah. That yeah, birth, that, that birth. one single birth. It was. It was that and then a series of events after that. Um, and for my niece's birth, I wasn't supposed to actually be in the room. They had a cap of three people. And then the mothers, both mothers and my brother were going to be in the room with my sister-in-law. Um, but everybody went to lunch, and I was there alone with my sister-in-law, and all of a sudden it was time to push. Oh, my goodness. So we scrambled to get my brother back in the room, and then eventually the moms made it. But then I was just like, it, it snuck back in the corner, and the nurses knew me by now, or by that point, and then let me stay. So, oh, my goodness. How exciting. Yeah, it really was. Wow. And that was 11 years ago. Yeah. So you've been a birth doula officially since then in your heart. But when did you do your first training? And was that with Anna Paula or where did you first train? So after that, um, I actually didn't know that a doula existed or what it was. Um, but apparently I couldn't stop talking about that birth experience because I had a good friend that was pregnant. And she's like, do you want to come? 
when I have my baby. And so she just let me be there and I kind of just stepped into that role naturally. And then she actually said, hey, there's this thing called a doula um, and you should do this for people because I don't know what I would have done if you weren't here. Mm -hmm. um, and then shortly after that, I met two doulas. And so I didn't know anything else other than these two you know, women and their experiences. They actually didn't know Anna Paula, so there was a woman named Debbie Levine. Um, she's from Northern California, but she comes down every once in a while to LA and does doula training. So it was a donut training um, led by Debbie. Um, and then I didn't meet Anna Paula until um, the childbirth education certification. And I think actually that's the first time that we met. It is. Oh my gosh. So we I'm didn't so get a chance to that. really connect at that point, but we were in the same training about four years ago. That is exactly right. Gosh, I totally forgot that we were in that training. I was so overwhelmed in that training. <laughs> I, I'm still overwhelmed by teaching a full on, like, full class with, you know, slideshow childbirth <laughs> education. Class. I do private stuff like that, but whoa, mm -hmm. that, that was crazy, intense, overwhelming. It was. And, you know, I, I, my background is education. I have a master's in education. And so I had experience in the teaching part of it, but I was thinking as I was sitting through that training, so I already had doula experience. I already had teaching experience. If I didn't have one or the other or both, I don't know how somebody does that because you get all the information plus how to teach and curriculum development and things like that. So I, I was a bit overwhelmed too, even with those two background experiences. Yeah. So you can understand me and <laughs> probably most people who are like, wow, how are we supposed to even start this whole thing? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you remembered that detail about how we very first met. Yeah. But really, the first time we spent time together was in that training. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, um, so from Bakersfield, and you've been here for 11 years. Yeah. And so you did your first training, and then what happened after that? So I did the training, um, and that was probably about, I don't know, maybe a year or so after my niece was born. Um and at first I was thinking, I'm just going to, I just want to know more and I just want to support friends and family um, because I didn't know at that point. I thought, I wonder if I could do this for a, a stranger. Um, it, it, I love supporting women in that way. Um, but in those first few experience, it was experiences, it was somebody I already knew and cared about and wanted to nurture and care for them. So originally my plan was, I just want to know what I'm doing and do this on the side and, um, and just really support friends and family. But then what started happening was those friends and family had friends and family <laughs> that then they would recommend me to. And so it kind of started being just a word of mouth thing. And what I discovered was once I met somebody that I hadn't known before, you spend so much time with them before the actual birth and you have such, you know, deep and intimate conversations about, you know, what are their fears and what's their relationship like with their mother mm -hmm. and their partner and their mother-in-law. And, you know, you get really, I, I found that I really got to know them and I really developed that care for them by the time I walked in. And then even I had a friend that called me one day and said, Hey, I have a friend who's at home doing a home birth in labor and she's struggling and the midwife isn't there yet. Are you busy? Can you come <laughs> <Yeah>. over? <laughs> so this yeah. girl whom I had never met, it just, 
it just felt so natural to just step into that mm -hmm. and it wasn't a big deal that we had never met before um, so then I I started you know expanding um, to the idea of looking at it more as a profession as well and and doing it more often right I uh, I asked Anna Paula uh, how many births she had attended to date because I was just curious just because you know once you start really doing a lot mm -hmm. it's like it becomes sort of a thing like yeah wow how many births have I attended and sometimes in an interview maybe you've gotten this too people want to know how many births have you attended yeah. which matters and doesn't matter it really doesn't and, and I it, it doesn't matter and I never really thought it mattered but I was still curious about how many Anna Paula had <laughs> yeah. um, attended so I'm not going to ask you that because what Anna Paula enlightened us to and listeners you heard this already was oh it doesn't matter how many births you've attended but think about how many hours of support you've given. Oh my goodness and I couldn't even <laughs> tell you. I, I could not I even tell you. That just, just totally changed things for me so yeah you've had numerous hours of supporting mm -hmm. people on their journey to, yeah. to seeing and meeting their baby. Yes. Um, so Currently, you're sitting here pregnant, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. If you're just tuning in, I'm sitting with Lynette Weaver, who is uh, pregnant. Yes. And uh, how far along are you? Uh, 30 weeks tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. And how are you feeling? Well, so on one hand, awesome. It's really fun to be on this side of it and experiencing pregnancy and um, it's a boy, so being able to connect with him and feeling him move, he is very active, and I figured out, you know, what where his foot is that's poking <laughs> poking out, and where his little booty is, and and all of that. So all of that is really fun. And then on the other hand, I've had a lot of surprises for for me. Mm -hmm. um, he's doing awesome. My body is is rebelling in one way or another at times. So in the beginning, I did have a lot of morning sickness um, that lasted for probably twenty weeks. Mm, wow. Um, I wasn't vomiting a ton, but just felt miserable yeah. all day, all night. Um, and then about 14 weeks into my pregnancy, I started um, having sciatic pain. Um, and so that has that is still the case. And so from 14 weeks to 30, it has really affected how, you know, my pace of life and what I can do. And thankfully, I, I do a lot of work from home. Um, and so I don't have to be super mobile. But um, and out of all of the clients I've ever worked with, I don't think I've had one that has experienced sciatica this way. Wow. Um, and then about a week ago, I also got diagnosed with gestational diabetes, which is also a surprise mm. because, um, you know, I don't have any other risk factors. However, those things are not affecting the baby. My blood sugars are um, being very easily controlled by diet and things like that. So I'm still, I'm doing well, but it's... It, you know, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. It does definitely give you a new um, appreciation and respect and understanding for what we um, support as birth doulas. Yeah. I mean, I had my kids already before I became a doula, so I started sort of backwards from you, mm -hmm. but, or just from the other end of you. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's really eye-opening, mm -hmm. and um, I can't wait to see how your birth goes down because <laughs> it's so exciting when when a birth doula gives birth. It's yeah. like you get a whole other sort of 
depth of layers of explanation of how everything goes down and, and how in touch you are with your body. Yeah. Um, are you going to have a birth doula? I am. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, you know, one of the nice things about being a doula is that you really learn to hold things lightly and to not assume that you know what to expect. So that that's helped me in the pregnancy stage as well to know that, okay, I don't know what my pregnancy is going to be like. I don't know how my body is going to respond. Um, so that's helped, you know, with the emotional side of what's happening in my pregnancy. And then as I prepare for birth, I, again, you know, I don't know what my birth is going to look like. So I'm going in very open-minded, but I do know that the neocortex shuts down at some point. <laughs> so I don't want to have to have my doula hat on. Um, and I can't very easily do, you know, counter pressure and all of the, no, the fun be, massage you will things. will not be squeezing your own <laughs> hips. No double hip squeezing on yourself. Not possible. Exactly. So, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Well, I'm absolutely. excited for you. So, um, tell us a little bit about, um, not even a little, tell us everything. <laughs> tell us every beautiful detail about how you got pregnant because you did not get pregnant in the normal, that average, right. uh, common knowledge if, way. If I had, you probably wouldn't be asking for all of the <laughs> intimate details. <laughs> I might. But yeah, well, I don't maybe. know. Uh, Phil Eisen, a couple episodes ago, was kind of wanting to tell me some details. We got pretty uh, intimate, or we edited that out anyway. But yes, um, yes I do want to know every intimate thought yes. process detail. Um, as much as you wish to share. And um, if you're just tuning in, I'm sitting with Lynette Weaver, who's about to tell her uh, story, her journey of getting pregnant. Yeah. So the shorter version, because, you know, I would need probably a two-hour session if I was going to tell you all of the details. But the shorter version is I am a 40-year-old woman. I am single, um, and I have wanted to be a mom since, you know, as far back as I can remember. Um, and about 10 years ago, I really started feeling, you know, called to adopt. Um, and over those past 10 years, I've looked at pursuing adoption in one way or another. Um, and the timing or uh, other details, just it, it just hasn't quite lined up yet. And then about two years ago, a little over two years ago, um, a friend of mine came across an organization that does all types of adoptions. And then they have a division that is called Snowflakes, and they actually do embryo adoptions. So they work with um, a typical family might be somebody who's had fertility challenges and um, has gone through IVF, and then they have as many children as they feel like they want to have, yet they still have embryos remaining. And so this organization gives them the option to, um, to place their embryos for adoption. Amazing. And so it, when I heard that that was even a thing, it was like this light bulb moment of, oh my gosh, I could actually, you know, adopt and, um, you know, follow that path that I felt like I've been called to. And at the same time, I could adopt as an embryo and I could carry the pregnancy as well. And so that started, I mean, I immediately started looking into it and, and started that process um, a little over two years ago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is just, I, I didn't know that that existed and you didn't either until... No. 
not that long ago. Yeah. And I don't know personally anybody else in my world that yeah. has done it or had even heard about it. Um, so it's kind of fun to be, you know, a first. Yeah. Um, Spreading the word that there's mm-hmm. another possibility, another way. Yeah. Um, there's also adoption in my family. And oh. so I have two nephews that have been adopted. And um, and so seeing that process, I'm very familiar with the process. And um, they're somewhat open adoptions. And so that has... Um, that's a part of the Snowflakes program as well. They really encourage some sort of openness, whether that's just communication through the agency. Um, But that really is why some of these families choose that route versus, you know, the traditional just donate them somewhere anonymously. So they, even though there are definitely some differences um, and with the legal processing and things like that, it's very different. But that organization tries to run it as much like a traditional adoption for the sake of both the placing family and then the adoptive family as well. Yeah, wow. So, so thorough of a process. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, because it needs to be very thorough, but um, I'm always so interested in the emotional process of, of this because the whole intention of this podcast is uh, lifestyle, and mm-hmm. this is really a massive lifestyle choice. I mean, you've wanted yeah. to be a mom for since you were a young girl, yeah. Um, but it really takes a very clear, mm-hmm. focused, strong, um, open, trusting <laughs> person to actually make this kind of really big choice to do by yourself. Yeah, and there are there are some things that had to be in line, which is why you know, at different times over the years, it hasn't been the right timing. Um, And then, of course, with being a doula and a childbirth educator, um, that's not very conducive to pregnancy or having a newborn. So (laughs) so I do also have another job. Um, But it's also one that has some flexibility and I can work remotely. Um, So I, although I don't, I certainly don't have all the details figured out. As, as far as what that's going to look like and what is childcare going to look like. And I am going to be a single mom, at, at least for now. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't have it figured out, but I feel like, um, you know, being called to this, every step along the way, the doors have opened and the finances have come. And um, it, it just, you know, I just know that it will work out. So, but then again, even if I were married and, you know, from everybody I know, I, I can't remember a time where somebody said, oh, we feel completely financially ready <laughs> or, and we have all the details yeah. figured out. Yeah. Um, Financially and energetically <laughs> and emotionally and yeah, yeah, all of those. Nobody has it all in order when yeah. they start their family. Yeah. I think if it were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, um, I'm, I might have more reservations or maybe my family would, um, yeah, how is or, your family? What was your family's response to this? I mean, everyone in my world has been so supportive. My family is, of course. I, there were, there was, there were no red flags. There was nobody that said, I don't think you should, or I think you should wait or and no concerns about you doing it by yourself or anything no real like concerns. That? I mean, I'm not naive. I know being a single mom has challenges. Um, I did have a friend who was a single mom for a time and she, you know, she was like, I don't know that I would choose that. Um, but not in a way to where she said, I don't think you could do it. Mm -hmm. Um, the nice thing about 
about my situation is that I'm single, but it's not because of a traumatic experience or um, there's not another person that I will then have to co-parent with. And so those challenges won't be there. However, you know, I do know that it will be hard. Um, But I have so many friends and family and I have great um, community that have been there for me. I mean, I have through the IVF, it's, it's very similar to IVF, my, my process, Mm -hmm. just the frozen embryo transfer, um, is the last stage of IVF. And that's where I stepped in. Uh Um, and that involves, you know, I was having to do injections every three days that I couldn't do myself. Mm. So for the first, you know, leading up to pregnancy and then the first 12 weeks I had to I had to have friends come over, and come over and, or and, me go to them that yeah. gave me injections every three days wow. and have taken me to OB appointments and ultrasound appointments. And um, so I, I have really great support. I don't know that I could do it without having, you know, a great support system. I think it starts there, doesn't it? Because if you, even if you wanted to be a mom since you were born and you wanted this badly, you would really need support um, all around you in order to do this. And I love what you said, that it is a huge difference that you were, this isn't a pregnancy where you were, um, where there's a a father that is somewhere around uninvolved in Mm -hmm. any way that is gonna be an emotional process to work through. Right. But this is you, and in a way, I don't even want to think of it as like single parenting. It's like <laughs> you were like a fabulous one-woman show. You're, <laughs> you're like a one-woman entertainer to, to your child that you're going to just do this. It's, um, it's I, I don't know, it's, it doesn't really hit me like it's single parenthood mm-hmm. in some way as I'm sitting here looking at you and listening to you and kind of mm-hmm. taking in that it is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, another thing I've discovered as you know going through this process um you know right after i posted you 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 do your public facebook announcement Um, i actually had a friend um, from childhood that i hadn't spoken to in a long time um, that were facebook friends um, and she reached out privately and said hey i've you know i've been pursuing this myself not embryo adoption but just you know single motherhood um and she said there's actually a whole group of women called um single mothers by choice um and so i'm just discovering you know that that's a thing too so it's a lot of women in their you know late 30s early 40s that are in a similar situation that are going through various means of pursuing motherhood amazing um so that's another community i can look into um you're going to be surrounded Mm -hmm. completely surrounded Mm -hmm. i love it um what are you you know this is a question that we ask as doulas but i'm going to just go ahead and ask you now on the spot (laughs) but what are you um maybe feeling a little anxious and um afraid of about childbirth yeah, I mean, there's so much that I know that's that is helping me to to not be afraid. However, for me, uh, I, I would say one of the biggest things is the sciatica um, because it it prevents me from really being able to stand um, or walk for long. And I know that in labor itself, um, 
you know, walking and standing in the upright positions and squatting and all of those things that are really challenging for me right now are really helpful in the labor process. So although it doesn't, it doesn't really scare me, it just makes me wonder and go in with a curiosity of, okay, how, how am I going to deal with sciatica Mm -hmm. on top of labor? Mm -hmm. And, um, so that's, that's one thing. Um, and then, you know, just the natural anxiety of the unknown. Yeah. Um, I know enough to know that it's so unpredictable as far as how long, how fast, how, you know, intense, what it looks like, how I'm dealing with it, when does it start, right. and just all of those possibilities. So I'm just, you know, holding it all lightly, trying to let go of any anxiety and just, you know, go with the flow. I have great support. Yeah. You know, I have a wonderful doula. I have, you know, my mom will be here. And, and actually speaking of, of my mom, um, she really is, she's not a trained doula, but she's attended probably 10 or 15 even births. Mm -hmm. Um, just because she has that very nurturing personality and people have invited her in, um, and watching her support my sister-in-law was what had me interested in that in that role so my mom will be there too um and then a a dear friend as well and then there are you know like 60 other people that want to be but (laughs) well I want to be 61 if you need any support um and we just discovered that we live on the same street we Um, did so so yes I will add you to the list okay good good Um, oh, one one other yeah, quick thing. Yeah. The other thing is because I don't have a partner at home, mm-hmm. the other curiosity is, okay, when will labor start? And then when will I need support? Mm. And my mom's an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. My doula's not too far, mm-hmm. but just... I'm on the same street. You're on the same street, <laughs> so you very well may be my first I may move call. up from 61 <laughs> to like number four. Or one, or if one. I'm like, I need someone <laughs> now, Rebecca. Oh my God, I would be honored <laughs> to help you and support you in any Anyway, um, what do you want women who are listening to know about um, this process or about Mm -hmm. making that decision for themselves if they've been toying with becoming a mom and how to do it by themselves? What would you want to say to them um, to sort of prepare uh, for planning to do Mm -hmm. this this way or any other way? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I mean, I just want women to know that they can absolutely do it. Um, I have no, I feel like, you know, as I've gotten older, I've gotten, um, you know, more mature and how I respond to other people and care a little bit less about what other people think. And so I would just say um, it doesn't matter what those other opinions are. Um, You're going to have naysayers with, you know, all of your life choices at some point or another. Um, so if it's something that your heart desires, there are more options out there than, than, you know, and so it's absolutely doable and, um, start talking about it, start looking into it and just start making the moves. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, you know, Lynette sitting with you here today, is there, um, the name of the organization that you went through? Do you want to give that name sure so it's snowflakes embryo adoptions Mm -hmm. um so if you just i don't have the website memorized but if you google snowflakes embryos you'll find it it's actually a division of 
an adoption, a larger adoption agency called Nightlight Christian Adoptions. Okay. And they do all adoptions. They do traditional, international. Um, they even work with the foster care system and do foster to adopt. And then Snowflakes is specific to their um, embryo okay. adoptions. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. Um, so at the end of every one of my prenatal yoga classes that you've been attending, which I love <laughs> which having I you love. there, um, what a great way to make pregnant friends, right? Yes. You're going to have so many friends also with babies mm-hmm. the same age, and mm-hmm. I'm so happy that you're part of that group. But at the end of every class, I always close by just having everybody take a moment to connect with their baby. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've had another single mom in class who had a partner, mm-hmm. um, and so that changed my language when she was in class to saying the next thing I say, which is to have a gratitude for a moment for your partner, mm-hmm. and having you in class has... Um, uh, inspired me and sort of forced me to be <laughs> present to who's in my class and right. who's in my audience and say um, to pause and give gratitude to the support people in your life and to mm-hmm. the process, to the whole process of being pregnant because um, for you it was not a process that related to a partner, So, yeah. but you have a ton of support around you. So mm-hmm. uh, gratitude for that and gratitude is always, we always give gratitude to all the women that have birthed before us. Yeah. Um, so... I'm just really happy to have you here today and have a moment of gratitude for our new friendship and also for the ways that you've supported me in doula jobs. You've covered for me uh, several times. You've been backup for me. You've been just available to me for questions and support. <laughs> so thank you for that. And I, I really do mean that I would like to be on your list. And Aww. I wish you all the best, smoothest, easiest, most blessed and blissed out um, transition into motherhood thank you so much and it's been such an honor to be here and um you know as much as you love teaching and love the community that you have in your prenatal yoga classes I just am so grateful to be able to be a part of that and have loved partnering with you in lots of ways so I will definitely um keep you on my list great and I know we have a lot um ahead of us together there's so much more to come so much more Yeah. yeah so thank you thank you and thank you for listening today to born to live well